0: What is going on y'all? I'm Eric Garcia and you're tuned in to another episode of Is This Seat Taken? And today we're joined by one of the homies, Lamont Hamilton. Lamont has just recently completed his enlistment as a submariner in the Navy and yes, he has seen a yellow submarine for all those who were wondering. He has also gone on tour with some of his best friends for his EP, Last Leaf to Fall. Lamont has also been called the karate kid of his generation with his knowledge of martial arts and has competed competitively. What's going on man? How you doing?
1: Hey, how's it going, Eric? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's quite an intro. I definitely <laughs> was not called the Karate Kid, but that's very sweet of you to say.
0: It's funny because I said that because of the story you were telling about your your soccer persona.
1: I definitely love telling people stories of my prestige years uh, in the rural areas of Honduras and uh, Texas when I first moved there, being called Los Zapatos, and as a kid, El Pie you know, doing these wild tricks that no one's ever thought of, you know, could be done with your feet. All of this is hypo, not hypothetical, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> fabricated. But I I started the story because whenever I was in the Navy, we visited Scotland and soccer is really big over there. Apparently, I had no idea. And so I love doing this in public where I would just tell grand stories. So other, you know, others could listen in, I'd be like, you know, When I was six years old, I picked up a soccer ball, dropped it, and I had no shoes because we were very poor, and I just started flicking it with my toes. Next thing you know, I'm doing the coin flip, but with a ball on my toes, and they just were like, oh, that's LPA, the soccer demon, (laughs) and it just kind of went from there, you know, and um, I told them that I, like, played for the Houston Dynamos and got turned down because my shoes were just too torn up, and I wouldn't change to their the shoes that they were using so they're like oh that's los sabatos, the shoes (laughs) no they knew i was full of shit but it was it was just so much fun because one of my friends actually did play soccer and he just he would ask me all these soccer facts i'm like oh you see well in honduras we didn't care about that we just we just cared about the the spirit of the game it was it was much more than just the sport
0: do you plan to go professional no what was that
1: (laughs) Uh yeah wait yeah. hold on pause it pause it keep. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'm sorry, Eric.
0: We might have to damn it we have
1: to start over. Hey guys,
0: uh... is LPA gonna go professional?
1: I don't think LPA is gonna go professional. Um, I told them that there was a I had a soccer injury. You know, the the goalie just kicked the ball too hard at my ankle. And I was running, and oh my god! Yeah, I sent my ankle backwards and forwards at the same time.
0: That you was poor was, thing.
1: Really, that was a, a cross country accident I had in high school a or no, middle school.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: Yeah, it was just a sprain too. Nothing
0: serious. You were an athlete in your days.
1: I, you know, I I do love sports, but I'm not good at any of them that have to do with teams. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <laughs> so you said that you meant you told this story when you were in Scotland, right? Yeah. And Scotland happened because you were in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So I understand you're finally back from the military. You finished your enlistment in the Navy. How does Five it feel years. being back
1: and officially being out? Most people do is they take uh, what's what's called terminal leave, mm-hmm. um, where the last few weeks, last month of their enlistment, they just take vacation and they get all the stuff taken care of prior to. It still hasn't really hit yet. I officially leave the Navy August 12th, that's when I get my DD-214, which is my official document that says that I've completed my enlistment or just completed my time in the Navy. But for right now, it just feels like I'm on just an extended vacation where I can finally breathe. Five years, that's a lot. It is. It is. At the time, it didn't feel like anything. And I still have like four years of uh, inactive reserves. So even though I'm out of the Navy, they can always recall anyone back within those four years. How does that make you feel? Indifferent. I've already done my time. If they want more for me, they can, but I'll make it harder for them.
0: <laughs> what made you join the military?
1: Well, do you want the real story? Or do you want the story I tell people? Cause there's multiple stories that I tell people. I'm just kidding.
0: I kind of want to hear the story you tell people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing grand. Like I, I just told a lot Well, if of it's
0: like your soccer story, I got to hear it. At
1: the time I, I uh, going on 21 and I was living out in the middle of nowhere, Texas away from everyone. And, uh, some of the people i lived with they all were joining the military and i had came back from a, from a vacation in austin i was all super super duper left liberal and not that i'm not I haven't changed or anything but i i was like completely against anything military anything government wise i was like no i don't want to do that i don't want to be a killer blah 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 after watching a couple of movies like active valor american sniper oh <laughs> I gotta serve my country, 100%. What I have to do, I gotta make sure I protect freedom. It, and I, I really wanted to uh, change how I was living because I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was working, but I wasn't working all the time. I maybe worked like maybe 10 hours a week, if that. I just had mm-hmm. a little bit of money, just just to kind of live off on this lake in a double wide trailer, which was awesome at the time. We Sounds had a boat, cool, yeah. Sounds It was me. super cool. You know, you wake up, you grab the shotgun, yeah. You walk outside, you put the shotgun back put a dip in, you know, crack a coal, want to start the day, that kind of Texas living. And it was nice for the, the couple of months I did it, but I needed something different. needed to really just kind of set myself up for the future. The true story is I had like went through a very, very powerful breakup mm-hmm. after about a year with someone that I had been planning to live my life with at the time. Really? Um, I, I, yeah. I wasn't doing anything either. Mm-hmm. Whenever I had moved, like after the breakup, I moved to nowhere to try and get away and I was really stressing my mom out because I wasn't doing anything. And it, it bothered me a lot because my mom, I love her. That's shout out to Kaylani Hamilton. If you're listening, she always wanted the best for me and did everything, fought tooth and nail to make sure that I had what I needed. And I felt like I was doing her a disservice and I just needed to, I needed to make my mom proud. Yeah. And I needed to have her stop worrying about me. That's kind of what pushed me to really join. Now, why did I join submarines is because I guess I'm a masochist because I could have done anything else. You volunteer to join the military, you know, the Navy or whatever branch, but then you have to volunteer a second time to be a submariner because they can't just make anyone do submarines because of the mental, physical and emotional, how taxing that can be on people. You know, you have to volunteer to want to do that instead of just an airman or fireman or anything like that.
0: And so what exactly did you do on the submarines? I was a T,
1: which stands for Navigation Electronics Technician. While being an electronics technician, working on anything having to do with relays or electrical signals, which is almost everything on a submarine, I also navigated and worked closely with the navigating officer and the commanding officer, the captain of the boat. So really, I got to drive the boat.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Let me drive the boat.
1: Yeah, let me drive the boat. When that meme came out, that was perfect. Anytime I'm like, hey, let me drive the boat. And I got to also be the planner for where we went, how deep we went, how fast we go. It's a very strategic and objective-based job, I would say. A lot of math involved. So all those math teachers that taught me vectors and geometry, I'm so sorry that I didn't pay attention because I needed you so bad.
0: (laughs) So it seems like you enjoyed it though, right? What you did at least? Um,
1: you know, I won't speak ill of the military. It comes with a lot of hardships. Anything having to do with navigating, I was all for it. I qualified everything I needed to qualify in order to be with the quartermaster is what they call it. He is an expert in all things navigation, but I wouldn't recommend being on a submarine unless that is something that you really want to do.
0: Now, how exciting was it though, when you saw a yellow submarine? I have only said seen a yellow <laughs>
1: submarine in music videos. <laughs> um, You're saying it's a myth? I wouldn't say it's a myth because you can paint any uh, deep sea submarine that needs to go, you know, for research purposes, yellow. But our submarine was painted black. or like the stealth ninja dildos of the ocean, packed full of uh, young, hot seamen. <laughs> I heard a lot of those jokes while you were away. I'm sure you have. You know, what is it? 100 sailors go down, 50 couples come back. Anything oh my like God. <laughs> Laughing on recycled farts, you, you name it. We make our own air and we recycle the air down there.
0: Well, at least y'all are resourceful. <laughs> Extreme,
1: <laughs> extremely resourceful. A lot of pranks go on down there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. You got to yeah. keep yourself sane.
1: Yeah, exactly. uh There's a saying that happiness can't be created or destroyed, just taken. So <laughs> 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 a lot of happiness is getting you know, passed around <laughs> Yeah,
0: ready. I bet. Did you ever see any crazy creatures?
1: So yes and no, but I have heard tons of things because we have sonar techs that listen to the ocean and so I've heard whales, which sound beautiful. I've heard dolphins. They take a liking to submarines and they follow us for miles at times. I've even heard
0: fish. What kind of sound do the fish make? It was
1: weird, man. I thought it was like um like an object just kind of thrashing about in the water, but they make like a, a weird noise. Can you demonstrate communic- for us? I, I really can't. I it would be I, I
0: think you can. Uh,
1: it was like clicking almost Not like the predator but Can you click? What is that supposed to mean, Eric? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know I mean, you you have the knowledge of what fishes sound like I just imagine you could, you know, demonstrate the sound for us uh, Okay, no we're <laughs> <laughs> What about um, the whales? How did they sound? Uh, <laughs> they're, they're like <laughs>
1: Like that, so
0: that was a long demonstration. I I didn't know how,
1: how much you wanted, but the shrimp sound like a jazz club. It's like a room full of people snapping their fingers. Really? Yeah, man, it's it's insane, and it happens whenever we dump poop overboard. <laughs> so did y'all? What
0: did y'all eat on board?
1: So they say that that submariners get fed the best. Which you know, if I'll be honest with you, if we were fed the best, then I feel really bad for anyone else because. <laughs> There are three or four consistent meals that happen. So there's surf and turf on Sundays, steak typically, and some sort of seafood. There's burger days, taco Tuesdays, which can be great and can be absolutely awful. And I say awful because of what it does to your body. (laughs) And you just have a lot of gassy, nauseous submariners with like, I would say there are only six toilets for like 170 to 180 people. Holy
0: shit.
1: Yeah, so if the cooks really cook it up, you got lines, man,
0: <laughs> damn,
1: so each bathroom will have or, or head as they call it, has three bathroom or three t- stalls, no urinals, there are no urinals on a submarine,
0: so everyone and has to pop a squat.
1: everyone has to either pop a squat or just stand up, and take piss. one stall will typically be the the pisser it's like a revolving door. you just got people walking in and out in and out. you got people brushing their teeth while people are taking a poop behind you it's It can be really like you get used to the
0: smell of shit it's <laughs> it gets that damn. bad, so you had it in your mouth.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Or you're like, yeah. you're shaving and you know someone's pooping. Or you're getting a haircut. There's all three stalls with people taking a dump and you're getting lined up and stuff. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Courtesy flush, please.
0: So I, I guess you can't really read on the toilet, huh? Can't bring in your magazine or a book? No. So stuff like that. Everything is just kind of
1: done for sake of time. So mm-hmm. showers, for example, the longest someone really would be in a shower is like five minutes. And the, the water's not on that entire time either because uh, we have to uh, filter that water. We use RO units that filter out a couple thousand gallons of water a day. And that water is used for cooking, cleaning, drinking, you know, showering. So that, that water has to be conserved. Uh, in people, and out, in and out. Yeah, oh. In and out, in and out. People will harass you if you were in there taking what they call Hollywood showers.
0: Why do they call like, it Hollywood showers?
1: It's just a thing that they call it. If you're showering for too long, they're like, hey, man, no Hollywood showers. And they start banging on doors. Oh, shit. Yeah, and then you have to be the embarrassing one that steps out all drenched like,
0: oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) So you did five years. Did you do all five years on a submarine?
1: No. So the first year was all my training. We go through a lot of schools and a lot of classes in order to certify to be able to work on a submarine and certify for the job that we're doing. And even then there's another rite of passage once you get on a submarine for those four years, they call you a nub, which is not really allowed anymore, but nub mm-hmm. stands for non-useful body because you can't, you don't know anything, you know, stuff from school, but you know, applying that into the real world of submarining is completely different. So you get in the way all the time. People are like, Oh, we well, get out of my face. You fucking nub!" And you're like, Oh, okay. I petty officer, I chief or whatever. And so this, this qualification process you go through to earn your fish or your your warfare device that qualifies you as a submariner. It's very emotionally, mentally taxing, man. A lot of people don't make it. It is nothing but knowledge, learning everything there is about the boat. I'm talking all things like auxiliary, all things engineering, all things navigation, fire control, you name it. You need to know that sort of stuff for a board at the end of the qualification process. Cause it's just you. If someone were to go down, and they needed you to do fight a fire or stop the flooding or anything, you can't call the fire department X hundred feet under the water. It's just mm-hmm. you and your brothers or sisters, so they depend on you. And that's why you have to be qualified and earn that work for device for me to trust that you know what you're doing.
0: So from your personal experience, though, what would you say were the pros and cons of your experience being in the Navy? My
1: pros would have to be that companionship and camaraderie. Because we're all in the suck together, you know. Some people might have a little worse, depending on their position, but everyone's dealing with strong, hard dick of the Navy, as we mm-hmm. call it. When if someone's getting fucked, everyone's getting fucked. Even though there are ranks involved, I, I've told officers to lick my ass because what they've said is like absolutely stupid and will get jeopardize the mission or jeopardize our safety. And that I'm not doing it. And a lot of it has to do with just common sense. And it was it was really liberating to know that my voice mattered. Because it's just us down there, you know, we can't call for help. If something were to happen and we sink out because we're outside of country X, it's just, it's on us to get out of it. And that's all was really thrilling. You know, I've been chased by Russians. Our boat has had to go ultra quiet where everyone stays in their racks. No, nobody's doing anything. There's no experience like that.
0: That sounds kind of uh, terrifying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it was like looking back, it's it's just those things that I I don't think I ever would have experienced if I didn't do what I did. Some cons to that would have to be leadership. Your experience on a, on a submarine all depends on your leadership and how they treat you. People treat each other. Everyone's kind of going through a lot and a lot of people handle it differently. It sucks because even though everyone's going through the same thing and everyone's depressed or broken or just really bummed out about stuff, the first person to really speak about it is the first person to also be kind of ridiculed. You know, No one wants to admit that they are sad or just upset about stuff. And I can take a lot on people. I, there have been tons of people that I know that have dropped out of the, the program or just straight up gotten out of the Navy because of depression or or, or things like that. I, I've i known quite a few people that have honestly committed suicide. And it, it hurts to know that that is what my job can do to people, because if they felt comfortable enough to ask for help, I don't think they would have done what they did.
0: And so in what ways would you say then that could make it more comfortable for your fellow peers to feel like they can speak out? Really, I'm not too sure myself. Did you ever find yourself in that position? Oh, a lot of times.
1: Uh, There have been so many times that I've thought about just straight up giving up and stopping. Uh, And I've helped quite a few people myself. You know, I would say that if the people that are still in wanted to feel comfortable speaking about it, they have to feel comfortable with people speaking to them about it and not just kind of brushing it off or calling them a pussy and things like that, because that is something so easily done. A lot of us that were in the, the submarine force just kind of made dark jokes just to kind of ease the pain. Mm-hmm. But no one most of the time would really kind of delve deeper. There were a few. Dan Vastbinder, I love that man. He's a radio man. Uh, he would see past anything that I was saying and know that I was BSing and knew that something else was going on. And he would sit me aside sometimes and talk to me He was a bit of a mentor and I really appreciated him. I myself mentored quite a few young sailors prior to me leaving for a few years. They have a program called Sea Dad, Sea Pup. More experienced sailors would have a Sea Pup that they just showed up to the boat and they learn everything from their Sea Dad and their Sea Dad would take care of them and make sure their qualifications are going well, make sure they're, you know, sleeping properly, making sure that they're not doing dumb stuff out in town.
0: Yeah. So it was like a big brother, little sister program or big brother, little brother.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just like a big brother, little brother program and like college and stuff, some sea dads just ain't worth a damn and don't care. It really affects how the sailor gets brought up. Some sea dads teach their sailor to be a piece of shit. And that's why they just learn to be a piece of shit, just like their sea dad. And I do see some people trying, but it takes more than just a couple of outliers to make a difference, you know?
0: Yeah. Why do you think it is that we as men? Not saying that women don't have a problem expressing themselves, but there's more or less that idea that guys are so afraid to share their true emotions and how they're feeling. Why do you think that's such an issue?
1: There's a lot going into that with how men are viewed uh, in the media. My dad's always taught me that you've got to be strong. You have to make sure that people don't see you as weak. And there's nothing weak about being hurt takes you to realize that yourself but not everybody is on that same wavelength because we teach each other that keeping quiet and your head down about things that hurt you is the manly way of going about it with what's in reality just means that you're just going to lash out in some sort of other way that's very unhealthy you know drinking drugs Mm -hmm. uh, treating your peers and your your close ones like crap you know a lot of people in the navy men especially go through divorces or some sort of like family domestic abuse type stuff because they don't talk about their feelings or they they just hi- hold it all in and, and treat it with alcoholism or some sort of escapism that doesn't fight the problem
0: is that an issue in the military where you probably have seen a lot of your peers maybe disconnect from either family or relationships being so far away from it, each other i, I would assume almost oh, definitely and the, you you really get the
1: the real person When you're out at sea with each other and there are no barriers, you know, everyone after a while, their walls are broken down and just kind of just talking. You'll talk to people for hours and hours and hours and realize, you know, that there's something wrong, but they have no intentions of really fixing it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I wouldn't say that the resources aren't available, but there aren't the right resources that we need. It's going to take more time, I feel like, for our generation to kind of accept that as men, we can do things that aren't considered manly. And still feel comfortable with it. I mean, hell, I want a flower crown. I don't know why. I think flowers are pretty.
0: Flowers I are pretty.
1: They, I think they're they're beautiful. And I think I would look great in a flower crown. But if I walked
0: around with a flower crown,
1: I'm sure I would get more than enough looks in someone telling me that I look dumb. I think that's silly.
0: I think you would look beautiful in a flower crown as well.
1: Fuck yeah. fucking.
0: <laughs> but I totally get it, though. Me as myself, I'm not really too scared to express myself because I ain't scared to cry, man. If I'm upset, I'm a fucking cry. If I want to talk about some shit that's making me feel sad, well then if I have a, a close friend that's available, of course I'm a vent, I'm not going to hold it in. If it's anything that I've learned in my 25 years of living is that you can't hold everything in. Right. You can't always just keep it to yourself. Cause once you it's, you know, it's kind of like when you shake a bottle of soda, you know, you, you hold all that in and you shake it right. And all that pressure just, fucking builds up but as soon as you open it the cap just busts off like it explodes it's kind of how like my emotions are you know and i just never want to be in that position again where i feel so weak and Mm -hmm. not being able to pick myself back up again
1: and it's scary it is, it's scary if you've never dealt with your emotions to finally start dealing with them yeah. or, and to start attacking the actual problem. I mean, I've, I went through a, a stint of alcoholism for a good half of my naval career. And I felt terrible for my, my girlfriend Paige because she had to deal with that on the back end, having to hear about me waking up and like being late for work and stuff like that, or just texting me and asking me what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I'm at the bar with, you know, with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she'd be like, well, you were at the bar with the boys the last couple of days. I'm like, uh, yeah, and I'm still at the bar with the boys. Is that a problem? <laughs> Hell, a few years ago, back in 2017, me and one of my really good friends, Joel, went to it was St. Patrick's Day, and we went, we were drinking from like noon till about one in the morning. And he lost me uh, in the city of Jacksonville. And I woke up 30 miles away from where we were uh, partying in a motel. I don't remember getting to that motel. I don't remember driving or anything. Cause I honestly passed out in a a parking lot for what I remember. (laughs) Wait, that's
0: where you woke up?
1: No, I I passed out in a parking lot and I woke up in a motel.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Somebody picked me up or helped me into a motel and took care of me that night. You know, and I woke up that morning and I checked, checked everything. I checked my wallet. I checked my clothes. I checked my butthole. And I was (laughs) like, Oh, okay. Thank God. You know, I wasn't hurt, maimed, harvested. (laughs) None of my money was stolen. This just this person took care of me. And when I found out who the person was, it, it was a sex worker that frequented that hotel. Wow. The front, yeah, the front desk lady said that the lady that picked me up was concerned for my health and well-being. And yeah. Took me, took me for the so. night. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, did I pay for that? I was like, no, I my I don't have any. I have all my money. <laughs> I, just some it's caring some soul. Yeah, yeah. Just took care of me. They probably saw my wallet and were like, oh, this poor young man. I need to help him out.
0: Dang, man. That's a wild story right there. I I don't think I've ever had a a moment like that. I will say I did go to a party back in college where one of our fellow peers, I guess, I, I wouldn't really consider him my friend. He was a friend of my friend. He had drank so much and we lost him like midnight around the time we were out. And he called us or he called my other buddy the following day and he said he had passed out in a field. And so <laughs> I had to go pick him up. And I know with me, I've been blackout drunk before. But when you said I had to check my butthole, I had to ask myself that once. Not because it felt weird. Not because it was different. My butt was fine. At that point, I remember I texted a whole bunch of my friends. I was like, if I had anal sex, I'd know, right? <laughs> and it just became this whole thing. But yeah, I'm glad your butthole was all right Lamont. on. I'm glad my kidneys are still there. Can but you imagine I, if, like, your kidneys were being sold?
1: I mean, I feel bad for whoever got them because they were pretty messed up kidneys.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> one second, Eric. Okay, no worries. You got attacked by a dog? <laughs> it's it did.
1: It just did it bite
0: you. It did. My mom got attacked by a
1: dog, but it didn't bite her. It just scared her a little bit. <laughs> you all right, though? <laughs> yeah, no, she's fine. That's why I went to check And she said she got attacked by a dog. I was like, well, show me the dog. <laughs>
0: Well, now that you're you're out of the military, what's the next move for you?
1: Going back to school. So I, I tend to go back to school in the, sp- in the spring semester, either Texas State or Sam Houston. This was not my original plan. I had a few plans prior to this, before the whole coronavirus pandemic really started up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really kicked my plans A and B to the curb because of uh, the fact that people weren't doing anything at the time because everyone was just so scared to be around people yeah so that's my initial plan i'm going to go to school for electrical engineering i'm going to just really try and figure out what i like to do again
0: so i know that you're going back to school but i also recently heard from you the main source that you are popping locking on tiktok man can you tell me about your rise to stardom and how that came about. And has it changed you as a person?
1: <laughs> so I personally am not famous on TikTok. I would say that these dogs that I recorded <laughs> are famous. Because um, and it's such a silly video of these dogs on the back of a truck. And have harnesses on and, and little dog goggles. And their harnesses are attached by this like rope or lanyard to these structures. And they're just doing their thing. Just hopping around, looking around and stuff. And I put some music in the background. And next thing you know, I just checked this morning. I had 2.9 million views of this video. And my following went from like 10 to 1,000 and 1,100 with like, I think over 500,000 likes. And it kind of blew me away because I've never reached that type of <laughs> like demographic before. Just people just loving anything I post. I think the most I got in terms of likes on a picture was 120 and it was a cosplay picture. but um. I don't think it really has changed me as a person
0: per Well, se. I mean, yesterday when we were talking, you were telling me how sad you were about losing 800 followers in less than... <laughs> less than 24 hours, yeah. Less no, than 24 hours, yeah. That took a pretty big that, toll on you. So I don't definitely, know, Lamont. <laughs> that definitely bothered me because I had no
1: idea why. But it's stuff like that I, I try really hard not to pay attention to because I remember reading a study that people want, that use Facebook a lot are typically more depressed. I, I can see why. I mean, if you've if you've ever scrolled through Facebook and just seen the amount of stuff that piss you off or it's just straight up aggravating or makes you sad to look at, like people one being having a way better life than you. Yeah. <laughs> or people, you know, spouting whatever dumb BS comes out of their mouth because they don't know the full scope of things, you know, it, it can really take a toll on your mental health. And I feel like that with really any type of social media that grind for followers, you know, it, it can really take a toll on someone's mental health. And I am as a 26 year old, I have to really reel myself back whenever it comes to that. Cause I don't think I'll ever get another hit like that video again. And I know that unless I try really hard and I don't think I want to be honest.
0: Well, you gave me a a glimpse of your poppy video. So we'll see how that goes. It's just for fun. I've always been an entertainer growing up, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I never want to lose
1: who I am in the process.
0: But I think that's an, that's an important subject that you touched on, because I know I found myself many times in that position where I'll get on Instagram because I don't have Facebook. I'll be on Instagram and stuff and I'll see all these great things that all these people are doing. I'm like, man, what am I doing with my life? I'm just here chilling, working a nine to five. And I just feel like, fuck, man, I, I just I'm getting down on myself because, damn, I should be there. I should be doing something like that you have to pull your back into reality and be like, well, that's just one part of that person's life or we don't know the full picture behind every closed door.
1: Exactly, exactly. A lot of things that people do on the, on the internet is just, uh, it's really for show. They'll buy clothes on sale and clearance or even expensive clothes and then bring it back just for a photo. It's crazy what people will do for clout. Clout chasing is so ridiculous, but it's, that's just been a, it's a part of our, our society now. No one wants to see a bunch of sad stuff on the internet, and no yeah, one's really sure. pay attention mm-hmm. to you know someone crying out for help. because yeah. cries for help don't get likes.
0: There's also you know that thing to say that mental health is very important. It is that it is a very serious issue, especially is. now.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Right now, I mean, everyone is holed up in their houses and you know in their apartments, and they can't do anything. They can't go out because of this this virus that a very real virus. Wear your damn mask, by the way. Yeah, and it's crazy that. This is almost becoming a new norm. It's scary. I don't think we'll ever be the same again. No, no. A lot of people that I've talked to are honestly just thinking about it too. That this new norm is going to be very different, especially for the, the generations growing up through it right now.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, you can't imagine being in the younger generation growing up and everywhere they go, they're going to have to wear a mask or maybe they won't be able to experience the things that we were able to experience. I know one thing I miss tremendously is going to the movies, mm-hmm. but I don't think the movies are going to be a thing within the next one to two years. The movie industry is taking a huge hit right now. Yeah. Honestly. No, it's awful. Just the idea of uh, not being able to go out, especially if you have family members who are in the older age range. You got to take responsibility for that, too, because obviously, uh, if you're older, you have more of a risk of, you know, possibly dying from this virus compared to if you were younger, like, say, our age.
1: Right. Uh, you know, you have to think about that kind of thing. It's more about the people around you so much mm-hmm. more so than yourself, which is a lot to ask for of people, but you would think with some some sympathy that it wouldn't be that. But I don't know. Texas and Florida are just kind of... Seeing, yeah,
0: we're kind of just seeing, doing our own thing. Yeah, they're just saying, fuck that,
1: I guess. You got the rest of the world, you know, pretty much in recovery, and we're still here and...
0: Yeah. Fucking it up. numbers going higher every day. It's insane. Yeah, it is. With all the ups and downs though that's come with COVID-19 what are some things that you've been doing to keep yourself afloat to make sure that when you go to that spot where you just feel kind of down that you're like hey well if I do this or maybe let me do this then it brings you right back up obviously there's no easy answer dealing with the struggles of depression or anger or these demons that we battle with on a daily because nobody's perfect and we all have these struggles What are some things you personally can say like on your own basis that maybe could help somebody or what you do to help control those emotions?
1: I mean, right now is kind of the best time to be able to, find different outlets to kind of help ease the isolation and pain because we have you know, all these different ways of video calling people help. There's still people that are all over Omegle and stuff like that. Just, just to have that kind of interaction with someone. I mean, there's video games, there's reading. I read manga. I put over 130 hours in animal crossing. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not proud, but I'm not ashamed either. Uh, you know, it's such an easy relaxing going game that you're, it's really taken at your own pace yeah, I talk to my friends when I can. It's it's really all about making sure you stay in contact with people in some sort of like capacity. Right now, more than ever, it's time for us all to kind of to really be there for each other with our, our political climate, with the, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, things like that. Like right now is the best time for everyone to kind of be together as a as a race of people to look out for each other because
0: things aren't right right now. Definitely, I think one of the biggest things that anyone can do. In whatever situation, is just trying to stay busy. Find a hobby, find an exercise, and then find something that can make you money.
1: Exercise is definitely important. Exercise
0: is very important, yeah.
1: Definitely give you a nice reset on just how you feel mentally. Even if you can't go out to like a gym or anything, there are some home exercises you
0: can do. Well, one thing I can say that cheers me up when I get sad is thinking of the time you bought your red cowboy boots. And I think about you because I remember the episode of How I Met Your Mother when Ted Mosby buys his red cowboy boots and he always says, pulling them off. Can you pull off the red cowboy boots, Lamont? What happened to them? I want to hear the story. I miss them.
1: I I still have those boots. One, they're not red. They're burgundy pretty much. Did Uh, you have your
0: glasses on when you saw them?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because I, I, I
0: remember being with you when you purchased them. I'm pretty sure I was the one who pushed you to buy them. <laughs> and so you're going to tell me that they're burgundy.
1: They're 100% burgundy. I love those boots because they add a whole extra inch and they make me look about 6'2", 6'3". And um, they're just, they're wider boots. They, I wish I had spurs on them for no good reason. Just to have the ka noise when I walk around. <laughs> I cannot pull them off. You want to know why? why uh because the entire time i lived in texas with those boots i had been wearing them absolutely the wrong way i think it was our mutual friend joel that told me the way i'm supposed to wear them is i'm supposed to stick my jeans inside of them
0: oh god douchebag
1: yeah well uh hello earth to me i'm not from here Uh, so i'm walking around kroger and walmart with all cowboyed up got a fat dip in i don't even like the dip but i'm trying to look the look and I got my jeans tucked in my boots, and some old man walks up to me and is like, "You look like a goat fucker." I was oh like, my Ex- god! <laughs> Excuse me. He like, said, you "Got your jeans all tucked in in your boots, trying to show off? <laughs> you fuck goats in their boots?" Like, oh, <laughs> my. oh my god! I've been doing this wrong for three years.
0: What What did you say
1: then? I couldn't say anything. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't fuck goats, but I, you know, I hope I, not. But I. He, he caught, caught me you right handed. About the handed <laughs> yeah, He caught me red-handed with no <laughs> fucking boots. I couldn't even. I couldn't. I couldn't say he was wrong. I just had to leave.
0: Has anybody else told you anything?
1: I've never worn those boots since, so I wouldn't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, you could just put your jeans over them, right? I'm too ashamed. I, I ha-
1: <laughs> couldn't wear them again. You know, what if they see me again? They're just gonna think I'm posing. Go
0: fuckers here!
1: <laughs> yeah. When I lived in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I'm wearing these boots, thinking I'm fitting in. I'm actually standing out even more because i'm a I'm a black man in the middle of you know nowhere Texas. I don't belong out there, like I don't listen to country music. I don't really like dipping. I didn't shoot guns or or hunt or any of that stuff or or rifle rulers.
0: Um, well, I remember you wearing your boots and stuff, and you could pull them off, man. I think you just have to go back and reopen that traumatic experience and just accept it and move on and know that you know if you fuck the goat once or twice, it's fucked up, but you know you move past it.
1: On the record and off record, I ain't fucking no good. So
0: <laughs> I'm glad.
1: I will say now that I moved back to Texas, I you know I think this is my redemption story. It's time for me to throw on the boots and pull
0: them off. You used to be a pretty good dancer back in the day. You could do that weird arm thing. You know what I'm talking about? That thing oh, that made people uncomfortable.
1: You mean where I would dislocate my shoulders and and put <laughs> back in place?
0: No, the other thing.
1: Oh, where I would bring my arms all around my body in one,
0: (laughs) one move. Yeah. That one.
1: Uh, Well, I actually got a shoulder injury from, from being in the Navy when there was a, there's a fire that I had to respond to like kind of got really out of hand. I tore some ligaments in my shoulder. So I can't, I I can't really pull that move off anymore.
0: (laughs) I want to hear the fire story. The fire story. Yeah.
1: Uh, So uh, we were out middle of the Atlantic. We were several hundred feet deep, We are on alert, which means that there's no communications going off the ship. So my boat, the USS Alaska, was out in the middle of the Atlantic. So what happened was I was on watch at the time, right? It's probably like 3 a.m. Most people are asleep other than the essential watch standards. Each person stands an eight-hour watch a day, and then the other eight hours is maintenance, and the other eight hours is sleep or whatever you want to do. It's 3 a.m., and we just hear over the emergency circuit emergency report, Emergency report, and then it cuts out and it cuts back in again. And all you hear is a bunch of screaming, shouting. It was crazy. It sounded like a murder scene, but with several people. <laughs> and they say there's a lube oil rupture in the engine room, which is a big deal because lube oil typically is for the, the shaft that spins the, uh, spins the propeller, right? And that's our main source of propulsion. If that ruptures, that means that either... The shaft that's spinning isn't being lubricated. If it spins for longer than a few minutes, can heat up so fast that it can melt through the boat. They have to shut the, the propeller and shaft off, which means that we, we can't go anywhere, which means we, we would sink out. So it's a compound problem. And once they did that emergency report, I got up and started sprinting back there with a bunch of people. And you can feel the, the weight of the submarine as it starts to shift down. Because of the fact we're not going anywhere, we're just kind of sinking out. The lube oil is spitting everywhere. It's hot as hell because it's under so much pressure. The problem with that is that if you're not back there and able to secure and isolate the the rupture, two things can happen. One, the heat from all that can ignite and there's oil everywhere. So that just means the whole room will set ablaze. Or two, it can atomize and everyone can breathe that in and it gets in your lungs and it'll make you drown just from breathing. So. We secured everything, but there was a small fire that popped up because of it, and we were trying to make sure it wouldn't spread everywhere, and so when I was getting back there, I was wearing these stupid fucking vans. Van Skate Highs, my favorite vans, have no traction with oil, and I slipped and almost fell about 20 feet and grabbed onto a, a ladder rung as I was falling, and it oh. pulled pulled my shoulder, and at the time, I, I remember screaming. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs>
0: yeah, of, I'm sure.
1: Because it hurt so bad, but... Uh, adrenaline kicked in because i still remember my situation right now is i have to fucking save the boat with my comrades and i just kind of kept doing what i had to do but afterwards man i could barely shower i could barely wash myself it was my right arm so i couldn't eat right i had to use my left hand to eat like my shoulder was completely fucked up how anyway.
0: long did it take to to heal really
1: honestly still hasn't fully healed they didn't take very good care of me my guy they yeah. Took them 10 months to put me in some sort of re- rehabilitation. Uh, it wasn't easy.
0: Do you still have your hip hop abs at least?
1: <sighs> I have the DVD with uh, what's his <laughs> name? that's his name, old Sean T. He's a revolutionary. If you ain't doing hip
0: hop abs in the morning, you're fucked up.
1: I'll just put what, it out
0: there. Can you uh explain what hip hop abs are?
1: So, back in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> early 2000s. Uh, this guy named Sean T made this program called Hip Hop Abs and I'd see the commercial all the time. I told my mom, "This is the new workout we got to do." And she ordered the DVDs and it shows up and it's this really really fit light-skinned black dude with that's bald. I think the video is really meant for women because he is flirting with you throughout the whole
0: video and
1: He's just telling you like how great you look and, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds very motivating though.
1: It was super motivating, but he's giving you these eyes, you know, those like fuck you eyes. And it's like, oof. All right, Shanti. (laughs) There's an option where in the DVD where you can turn up the music louder. So you can't hear his voice. And so I I always chose that option. And I had really nice abs for most of my high school (laughs) life and bit of college. So I don't care so much about being cut as I do about kind of just being able to perform.
0: Are abs as big as a deal as people make them out to be? I don't think so anymore. I was going to say dad bods are just kind of in. Have they always been in?
1: No. I would say they've been in since like maybe 2012. Mm. Because a dad bod says a lot about you. It says that you work out a little bit. uh, So you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not a slob. You're not fat. Nothing wrong with being fat. There's something wrong with being unhealthy. Yeah. In my opinion, it says a lot about people. I remember I watched this YouTube video and I was like, you know,
0: it really puts things in
1: perspective because it. People you watched the
0: video bod- that explained dad bods?
1: Yeah, it was just, it was this parody video of this guy that works out a lot. Uh, Bro science. Mm-hmm. Bro science. That guy's hilarious. I can't, his name's Dom. He hates dad bods, but he appreciates what they are. <laughs> At least I hope he does. Cause I have one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was dating for you hard in the military?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was probably way harder than it ever needed to be because my job just made things very unpredictable, and a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people like something consistent and stable, and having an unpredictable schedule really put a strain on my relationships. Um, this one girl that I dated for a year, uh, she joined the Marines, actually. At, I get, she was such a trooper because she went through everything with me whenever things got really hard. She just stuck through. She would come see me at my base like two hours prior to getting out just in case I got off early because I didn't have my phone at work. So sometimes I get off early. Sometimes I get off really late. And so sometimes she would have to wait in that parking lot for me for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And then I'd text her like, hey, I just got out and I'd see her. And she's all sad, like, I've
0: been waiting for you. (laughs) Damn,
1: I really appreciated that. My girlfriend, Paige, she – dealt through a lot of the initial pains of being in the military because it was new to both of us and it was a long distance relationship. And that was just tough because we were, we had a time difference. There was just some nights where I, I could talk for maybe like 15, 20 minutes prior to going to sleep because I had to go to work the next day. And that was it. That's all she heard from me for that entire day with, was for 15, 20 minutes. And I've had people break up with me because the the going just got too tough for them. And I don't. I never blamed a single person for not wanting to deal with my job and me. I wouldn't ask that of them. I felt like it would be too selfish to be like, well, can you please stick it through with me kind of thing. But it definitely hurt a lot, especially just having relationships back home with friends. That was the hardest for me was spending hundreds of dollars to come home to people that were too busy to hang out with me. But it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, easy.
0: I'm sure. I want to ask El Pie. Do you enjoy coconuts? Yeah, coconut rum. Now, have you heard the coconut story? I don't believe I have. What's it about? I'm going to tell you a tale about a coconut. And this coconut happens to be on the Today I Fucked Up subreddit, and it is a classic. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell Lamont this story and see if he's going to still want a coconut afterwards. Or maybe he's had the same idea. (laughs) So I'm going to read this story to you. And since you've never heard it before, it should be good because it's going to be an initial reaction. So I'm going to read it to you and I'm gonna, I want to hear your thoughts on it. All right. All right. This Today I Fucked Up didn't happen today, but quite a few years back. For obvious reasons, I'm using a throwaway account as my family knows my main Reddit username. Around eight years back, I lived in northern Mozambique, a coastal southern African country with a quite warm climate. My mother at the time was going through a health nut phase and only buying foods she deemed healthy enough. One of these was coconuts. She would buy several coconuts a week to use in the food from the local market. Anyway, being a horny teenager, I fapped in irregular intervals. Unfortunately, there were some severely stressful examinations coming up for me. And as such, my fapping reached a higher peak than usual. And I was feeling pretty sexually frustrated. One day, I hear that my mother's going to be out for pretty much the entire afternoon. Horny me decides that it would be a fantastic idea to fuck a coconut. Honestly, to this day, I can't fathom why I thought that would be a good idea, but my train of thought back then was clearly somewhat clogged. I ended up grabbing the coconut drill and through 20-ish minutes of concerted effort, end up creating a hole large enough for me to stick my porker into. I decided to require some lube and grab the nearest slippery thing, some butter, before shoving it into the coconut, followed shortly by my meat. I fuck the coconut, and it actually feels pretty damn good. So I blow my load, shove the coconut under my bed, and continue about my day. For the next week, the coconut is my savior. Whenever I want to get off, I simply take it out and fuck it in its delightfully tight hole, made better each time by accumulating volumes of semen, you know that, Lamont, and butter acting as a lubricant. It's heaven. Now, before I continue, I'd best mention that at the time, our area was experiencing quite humid, muggy weather, exacerbated an already existing fly problem. Disgustingly fat bloated flies were commonly found around our house and that the exterminators couldn't really do anything because it was a localized area problem that would go away in the winter. About a week and a bit after the initial coconut fuck, I have been using it pretty much every day since then. I began to notice a few more flies than usual as well as an odd, unpleasant smell about my room. Must be the coconut, right? So I decided that I'll fuck it one more time before I throw it out and get a new one. Worst mistake I have ever made. You see, the reason for my increased number of flies was that the coconut was evidently, in hindsight, a nearly perfect place to lay eggs. As I penetrate the coconut one last time, I begin to feel a strange, wriggling sensation. Puzzled, I pulled my cock out to discover that it is covered in rotten and moldy butter and semen and teeming with tiny fucking maggots. They were wriggling all over my dickhead, and some were even trying to force their way up into my urethra. Yeah. I screamed and threw the coconut against the wall, which made the situation worse by spilling the content.
1: Yeah.
0: Hours, of vigorous <laughs> Hours of vigorous cock scrubbing, vomiting, and cleaning, the remnants were spent reflecting on what the fuck I was doing with my life. Never again. Never again.
1: Oh, God, that's like a fortune story. That's like almost what you read on that site. Oh God, yo, that was. Uh, what would you think, man? I don't know. For anyone listening while I'm driving, I'm just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With your family.
0: <laughs> oh, I Lord. know this episode took a real, real gruesome turn, huh? Yeah, I'm loving it though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love this story just because it's fucking wild. But I also think when I think about this coconut story, I think about. I think it's a grapefruit. Remember when grapefruits were a thing?
1: Oh, the grapefruit chick yeah yeah i'm thinking of the avocado girl the avocado girl it yeah, was a local girl in our area uh that went to a high area. school <laughs> yeah right that went to a high school and she got caught like sticking an avocado up her vagina by her brother i, I want to say or no that's not what happened she was telling people willingly that she was using avocados as like a sexual toy God. It, you know houston has some weirdos because there's a girl that used to live down the street from me that used to use her sister's toothbrush as a vibrator uh,
0: well i mean i think that's a little bit more normal than avocado. her sister's
1: toothbrush
0: was she using like the point with the bristles i don't know but it like it still is like her sister's toothbrush. that is true yeah but i guess i shouldn't be trying to defend there was a girl that used to go to, to our school who had a sister. She would put
1: kibbles and bits on her vagina kibbles to have her dog. Kibbles and bits. Yeah, to have her dog eat it off, and her nickname was Kibbles and Bits.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. Do you think my coconut story is bad?
1: Yeah, I do. Actually, <laughs> I think that's the absolute worst thing I've heard today. Oh, today at least. Yeah. Today. <laughs> this week's a long week, so we'll see. It is very true.
0: Have you ever experimented with a, a fruit? No. Do you ever no. plan to?
1: Absolutely. Especially like not using any of that grapefruit crap. It looks like it would sting. Citric acid. Yeah. Yeast infection, citric acid. It's going to sting. It's going to create problems. You're throwing off your pH balance. Important
0: things you're talking about. Get out of here. We're going to be turning off my episode at this point. This has turned really nasty, Lamont. Probably. I mean, I'll listen to it. I, I guess I knew what was going to happen when I read the coconut story to you. However, your reaction was a lot more different than I expected it to be.
1: I mean, I told you those other three stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good enough because I didn't know about any of that, man. That's uh, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, it's weird how I just hear stuff all the time. I don't know what it is with people telling me just crazy stories, but they people love telling me some wild stuff. And I'm like,
0: ooh, tell me more. Well, let's take a quick turn, man. We've discussed a lot of things. And they've obviously been a lot of different topics, but with your future still ahead of you, man, you've experienced a lot and obviously you still have a lot to experience from your time in the military to now your time about to embark on your next adventure. What is the next step for Lamont Hamilton? What is your end goal? I think my end goal would honestly have to be just making sure
1: that I do right by the people that cared about me throughout my entire time being in Texas. Texas has given me so many different opportunities and people to meet. So I'm hoping that at the end of my lifespan, people will look back and at least know of me that I I touched them in some sort of way, emotionally and mentally, and that I was there for them when they needed somebody. Because that's all I really care about is being there for the people that need someone.
0: Well, if anything, I will say that I think from our years of knowing each other, because we go back to high school, but I will still say that I am very proud of you. I'm very proud to know you and to call you a friend of mine. And I'm so happy that you've accomplished so much, even if you may feel at times that you haven't. And with that being said, whether those relationships are fixed or not, they're missing out on a fantastic individual because you are phenomenal in more ways than you can fathom. And I just want to see you keep your head up, keep moving forward and you definitely have lots of stories, lots of crazy stories, and I'm sure it's not going to stop here. And so, yeah, man, just keep doing you. Just keep being yourself and don't change for anybody because you are awesome and find the way you are. You're trying to date. You're gassing me up right now. I'm feeling <laughs> real good about myself. You should, man. You should. Thank you. But before I let you go, man, is there anything that you want to let our listeners know what's going on in the life of Lamont Hamilton?
1: well for one i want to thank you tremendously for allowing me to be on your, your podcast um this is awesome and yeah so you can follow me on instagram <laughs> at bully hunter uh that's with a v instead of a u for bully i have a tiktok account that went a bit viral uh that is those sad boys and i would say in the great words of toby Lou oh shit just keep going just keep
0: going just keep, just keep going, going. Well, thank you so much, Lamont, for coming on the show today. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. And to all my listeners from Ireland and in the U.S., thank you so much for tuning in. It truly means the world to me. And I hope wherever you're at that you're just being safe, you're kicking ass. I'm Eric Garcia, and I will catch you guys on the next episode of Is This Seat Taken? Laters.